0: evening welcome everybody um uh sorry i'm a little disheveled uh it's been a long day so uh, i appreciate everybody for joining us tonight tonight we've got dan alex myself josh uh dave and blunty um and hopefully we'll have rob uh here shortly um i want to welcome you all to our our town hall meeting uh tonight we've got a couple uh things i want to kind of just shout out uh first is uh and let me share my screen
1: here get the right thing
0: um first thing i'd like to shout out is definitely our uh help us raise the 250 gram limit campaign that we've got. and uh um we've got uh, uh our link on our web page that will help you uh get to that point and, um, what we've got here is a memo that you can utilize to send to your Congress, uh, person, um, both your representatives and your senators. Um, sorry, representative and senators. Um, let me get that straight here. I know what I'm talking about. It's fine. <laughs>
2: um, is it wrong just to say well, your representatives? Is that really only just, you could, of them? yes. Yeah, I think it is. I mean,
3: yeah. Well, it's less than half because your representative implies your congressional representative, not the senator. Yeah, and it's a different chamber.
0: So, um, and in case you're wondering how this works, um, usually you have one representative for your district, and then you have two senators for your state. If you're right. if you're new to to civics, um, but uh, we've got the memo here that you can utilize. You can copy and paste this. This is a campaign that it is okay to copy and paste for, unlike uh, NPRMs that uh, come through from the FAA. Um, You can definitely copy and paste this if you want to add something to it, something personal, um, that kind of thing. That goes a long way as well. Um, But uh, And then um, we've also got, if you're a member of the FTCA, uh, we support you there too. Um, and there's the, the same membo, uh, but with uh, a FTCA slant. So we do definitely do want to support that as well. Um, if you're looking for specific uh, your representatives, you can click on these links here, uh, which will take you to both the House uh, United States House of Representatives page. You can just enter your zip code and get your representative from there. And then if you're looking for your senators, you can click here, which takes you to the United States Senate. So you click on your state. So for me, it's Arizona. I've got these two lovely people here, Ms. Kristen Cinema and Mr. Mark Kelly, who represent my state. Uh, so these would be the people that I would contact. Um,
3: and Senator Cinema is also the chair of the Senate uh, Aviation Subcommittee. So a very important uh, individual. If you are in Arizona, please, please be sure to Contact uh, Senator
0: Cinema. Yep, absolutely. And um, to know who is on those committees, we also have these links down below. Um, so, as an example, if I were to click on the Senate Commerce, you can see right here. This is exactly what um, Dave was talking about. Ms. Cinema is the uh, subcommittee chair for the subcommittee on Aviation Safety, Operations, and Innovations. So, as well as the other members of that um, subcommittee. Um, so these would be the primary people, but I mean, let's be honest, let's contact everybody. Um, so that's the best way to, to get the message out. Um, and I, I want to, you know, put a shout out to all of the folks recently who have made videos on this subject, um, utilizing this campaign. Um, there are many, many, many people, uh, who have, Uh, made videos have made content related to this we appreciate that this is the way that we make this campaign go viral this is probably one of the even more viral at this point than uh, the remote id campaign um so and and this is the way this needs to roll um so so we we appreciate that
2: one step back and say What is this campaign? What are we trying to do? Why are we trying to do it? Why do we think it's even remotely possible that we could achieve such a thing?
0: So the the key point to this campaign is to take the 250 gram lower bound limit um, that has existed for several years now, um, in which uh, you don't have to register. And if you don't have to register, you don't have to have remote ID and seeking to raise that to one kilogram. Um, the reason being is, is if we can effectively raise that, that limit up, that raises the registration limit up, which also eliminates, uh, at this point, eliminates remote ID for anything under a kilogram. So this gives the autonomy for the uh, hobby community, the recreational community, um, to fly unimpeded and continue to do so. Um, so if we can raise that limit, we can remove some of the uh, restrictions when it comes to remote ID to registration, eliminate privacy concerns, all those different things. And privacy concerns is something I'll I'll bring up here in a little bit with uh, an article. But um, and
3: and why now is that uh, we are uh, just in front of the FAA reauthorization act. Every five years, the FAA gets. Uh, their budget, as well as their mandates, their marching orders for the next five years. So last one was 2018. Well, we're anticipating the FAA Reauthorization Act of 2023. We've been in touch with congressional staffers on the Aviation Subcommittee in the House. And so the timing is good, but the timing is now. So we urge you to please do this. uh, Please do this now.
2: So because we've been in contact with some people, we have some hope that we'll be able to make some sort of influence and possibly get this into the reauthorization act. And and we're going to try to to work that, you know, by talking to those staffers and the people writing this this legislation. But we're also hoping that everybody out there is contacting their representatives, their congress people and um so that when they're on committees, when they're talking about it, they was like, oh yeah, I've got some people, some constituents who are bugging me about this. I know what this 250 gram thing's all about. I agree with them. If it's something I have to vote on or not, I, I'm going to vote for it. That kind of thing, right? Am mm-hmm. I correct right. Correct. Exactly. So,
0: the, so the, the here's the deal. It's a two part thing, right? So the first part is, is that we're, we're doing the work on the front side to get this added into the bill as it's being written. Okay. And then the, the reason behind the campaign is if that does not succeed, we have a second chance through the amendment process on bills to get this added in. So it's a twofold thing. So if we reach out to the specific people, the specific senators and representatives who are working to write this legislation on the front side, and you're contacting your folks. They're going to see that this matters to their constituents, which means that it'll matter um, in the legislation. Being that doesn't work, then we've also got the amendment process. When, the, when the, the bill goes to the House or the bill goes to the Senate, then people can offer up amendments and say, hey, I had this many constituents contact me. I need to push this amendment um, so that we can get it added in that way. So it's a two kind of two-prong uh, tactic.
3: Yeah, I imagine that the amendment process will be rather brief, that we will have, uh, we'll, so that the House staff is trying to get the House bill passed by the end of July. Then this is a bicarmal, bipartisan uh, set of bills, so meaning there are two bills being written, one in the House, one in the Senate. The Senate bill will go on a parallel track, then uh, conferees will meet uh, representatives from the uh, House of Representatives and from the Senate. In conference and rash, rationalize any differences that they have between the two bills, and come up with effectively a hybrid or a third bill that both houses will, both chambers will then uh, vote on. So mm-hmm. it's just as Josh said. In that period, you know, there will be some back and forth. My conservative view of uh, you know trying to you know plan and project and drive. Let's get this done
0: now. Yeah, hundred percent. So. um it's a big deal. Uh, it can open up a lot of possibilities for the recreational commu- community, um, and and by and large, this is this is literally a recreational push. This is not you know, Part 107 will already require remote ID. Um, this is a recreational exclusive kind of push. So right, this doesn't um,
2: change the rules for manufacturers when they're building commercial drones. They already have to have remote ID. Those rules are already in place. This doesn't affect this. This is for your home built custom drone you're building for yourself for recreational use, right? Yep. So, so why, why one kilogram? Why not 500 oh, grams? Why not two kilograms?
0: Well, I mean, two twofold, at least from from my perspective and feel free to chime in. Um, the 250 gram limit, um, Blunty did a ton of research um on the origin of this and uh it goes way back and at this point in in uh history um current day material sciences and and whatnot have come such a long way in terms of the way that materials react in a crash that are much much different than they were in the bluntly correct me 1800s when this was 1896 eighteen ninety six. Yes. So um, material sciences has come a long way. and um, so in in the case of of an impact that could injure a person or a piece of property or even collide, God forbid with some other kind of aircraft, the situation is much different with uh, modern materials, especially the ones that we utilize for our um, multi-rotors our uh, model airplanes that kind of thing um so a lot of this stuff fragments upon impact it bends it, it doesn't impart as much force as a it moves away. Chunk of metal essentially so um yeah there's 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 all kinds of different ways that that um these things kind of uh lack the the same force that a chunk of metal a 250 gram chunk of metal would create so um, You know, that that's a, a big deal. Uh, secondary to that, our goal is to uh, a kilogram will take into effect a lot of the I would say probably 90 percent of recreational aircraft um, and allow us to, you know, have that that greater freedom. But if things also could fall on their face and we only get 500 grams, that's still a win. That still covers a good chunk of aircraft. Um, so, And certainly as uh, this also
3: view... encompasses fixed wing radio control, mm-hmm. this uh, focuses, just as Josh was saying, um, a good percentage of aircraft, but smaller aircraft, particularly on fixed wings. So if you're flying in your backyard or if you're flying at a schoolyard or a churchyard or a park. Then we. The objective here is to allow you to keep to keep to be able to do that. And uh, if it's a larger aircraft, that would uh, continue to be flown at a a dedicated uh, uh, flying area.
2: And doesn't the AMA have a category called a park flyer? Is that right? Is that a park park What pilot. weight limit is that? Two pounds. Two pounds. Okay, two. so two pounds two and point, the one kilogram. Zero. One kilogram is two point two pounds, roughly, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And speaking of other uh, community-based organizations, as of this morning, we now have all four uh, CBOs are supporting uh, this effort to raise uh, the lower bound to one kilogram. So we got uh, STEM plus C today, and we had a good conversation with the AMA last Friday and gained their agreement. So All four of us are in concert.
0: So that's a big deal and to get everybody on the same page and push forward from there. Um, so, so really do we have, just
2: at, do we have uh, any long-term plans for anything beyond one kilogram?
3: Dave? <laughs> so the, it's going to take a while, but we, the, as uh, Josh was describing, as Josh was describing the, um, we have 250 grams, which was a number that had no science and no real, um, Thought behind it, other than it was uh, uh, dreamt up in 1896 as a, the uh, lethality of a projectile. So uh, we we've got better science, we have better math, and we have a uh, uh, we have recommended, and we being a uh, it was a tasking group of a um, FAA Advanced Aviation Advisory Committee uh, TG 11, uh, where there's a great write up on tar- um, target level of safety. And so uh, this is a uh, a set of factors that takes into account uh, population density, population exposed, as well as the frangibility of the aircraft. So considering things like uh, the density and how the material deforms. And so if you're thinking about a a crash helmet, a crash helmet absorbs energy uh, with a hard shell that cracks as well as a, a soft inner. Shell that protects your head and uh, keeps your brain from moving uh, too quickly, which is so it's rapid acceleration That's really bad for our heads. So we need so to put helmets like on our drones? Well, we we'll are make make the dr- making drones or uh, UAS out of out of foam is a good uh, a good solution <laughs> For a lot of this and that's in fact exactly what Google Wing has done with their delivery drone It has a fuselage made of foam so Some really great and bright engineers there. Foam racing drones.
1: There you go. So, for example, (laughs) that would be fun. If if the rules were to change
2: such that they were based on on target level of safety, you could have like a five pound foam aircraft because you know when it hits somebody, it's going to fall apart and it's not going to kill them. Versus maybe you've got a five pound lead ball of a drone that's going to hurt somebody. But uh, they take that into consideration. And where are you flying it? So if you're out in the middle of the desert. You know, okay. have a ball, right?
3: And so the so it works on its uh, probability and probability probability of losing control and probability of lethality. So it's a this is a, a much better way to uh, to think about it. It's what we've proposed uh, to the FAA in uh, back in 2021. Still waiting on an answer. And uh, this came up again uh, in um, AAC Tasking Group fourteen as well. So, but it's uh, g- gaining a lot of support. Like
2: you said, if if that goes anywhere, we're likely looking at many years into the future before that would make its way into regulations. Whereas ten, something, ten years. Ten something years like surprise. Me. Sh- sure, like taking the the limit from two hundred fifty grams to a thousand grams or one kilogram is, as soon as, is as soon as simple to understand. It could happen in this next. Uh, Reauthorization Act, and who knows by by next right. year we, we could be all set.
3: We know that there are not a lot of changes, but we know that I mean this is a changing a single number in a you know, 44809, the exception for recreational UAS. So it's a a small change that would have a significant positive impact on recreational hobbyists. Can't so. find the desert. Lots of wilderness.
0: <laughs> Depends. Uh. That depends. As so, somebody who lives in the one other thing they're... I wanted to bring up is
2: I wanted to ask everybody here, like, how can we raise awareness for this issue? How can we get more people to fill this out? How can we spread the word? How can we get bigger news organizations involved? How can we get more YouTube channels to post videos and information about it? Everybody here, if you've got your own YouTube or Instagram, you know, spread the got word, it share it, uh, give us ideas.
0: If you've got a friend that that is a YouTuber, or a content creator, or, Instagrammer or whatever, talk to yeah, them you about don't,
3: it. Yeah, you don't need to be a drone pilot. You don't need to be an FPV or, or RC. It's you know if uh, if you know someone and you you can help, please do.
0: So yeah, definitely a a, a big deal. Uh, are we going to have representation at Rampage?
1: don't think think so i I
0: don't think so this year uh i think alex was there last year
1: year before last year
0: the year before last um yeah we can only make it out to so many um and we can do that thanks to uh everybody who becomes a member signs up um we can make it out to events um you know uh you know normal life permitting. Absolutely. If, <laughs> you know, if so. other people
2: are planning to be there uh, and want to help represent us, that would be great. We could probably provide you with a bunch of stickers or something, if that would help.
0: Yeah. And and some documentation too. Um, when's the deadline for the reauth bill? Uh, so they're looking to have it out into the wild uh, July, right?
3: Right. The, the, they want to pass the house piece of it by July. Mm-hmm. And then there's a a parallel Senate bill, then conference, and then this normally has to get locked down by October. So, you know, we need to, you know, so and, uh, you know, you know, like you know, common sense says next couple of weeks is the smart time for us to get in front of this because you know, we've got uh, uh, some great staffers, you know, who who have been receptive are interested, and uh, they are writing the bill.
0: So, um, and this is not going to be one of those uh, those moments in Congress where they fight over stuff. Um, they would sooner uh, shut down the government than not pass pass a FAA reauthorization bill. Um, we all saw what happened. Uh, uh, was it a month or two ago when uh, we had a bug in the uh, FAA's uh, air traffic control Notum. system? Right, <laughs> you know? In their NOTAM system. And
2: and, and uh, the and country really in a day. Well, right, they all so. have to fly home after they vote on the bill. So they're not going right. <laughs> to vote, <laughs> vote it down and not be able to fly home.
3: Right. The, the, the record on the, the last bill in 2018 in the Senate was 100 to 0. We don't Shit. get a lot of those lately.
2: So no. we'll, we'll be watching <laughs> this
3: one carefully. So, yeah,
0: All right. So absolutely. hopefully uh, I've money done... behind this. Yeah. So hopefully I've done this, this topic justice. Hopefully everybody can, can help. Um, hopefully uh, just, just, you know, if you do nothing, just send it into your representatives and your senators. Um, and like Alex again. posted
2: in the chat, uh, <laughs> we've got the easy to remember website, raisingthelimit.org. Um We're also mm-hmm. trying to spread the hashtag, the same thing, raising the org, uh, just to help us get the word out. Yep, 100%. So,
3: and if you have time, uh, Joshua Bardwell's video uh this afternoon is fantastic. He hit all of the key points. and uh, uh, in, in addition we've got um uh Drone and Sundry. Uh uh Josh Pixler and I were there on uh that last uh Tuesday. Drone Camp did a great video. Yep. Yep. really appreciate that appreciate Many that others. from Drone Camp. Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate the the support for the community. This is a this is a great thing to see, and this crosses RC as well as uh, all drones and including FPV. Mm -hmm.
0: And here's the thing, guys. We need your help to keep this going. This doesn't, you know, what we don't want is this to become viral this week and just fall by the wayside next week. This needs to continue for the next couple of weeks so that we can continue to get this message out. So please 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 share it. Even if you're you're posting on Facebook about something completely random hashtag #raisingthelimit.org. Um I mean just keep that keep that going, keep people keep those clicks going. It does nothing in terms of of uh money for us. It's literally just about getting the message out. So all right.
3: And in addition, we will we are uh, in the process of writing a more uh, Comprehensive document that we will submit uh, to uh, both the the House uh, Aviation Subcommittee and the Senate Aviation Subcommittee on behalf of uh, FPVFC and FTCA, and so we will we will share that uh, and welcome uh, comments. We'll create a probably a short comment period of our own, and then get that going. and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I really want to get that into uh, the various committees.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, so with that being said, um, I uh, I wanted to bring up this uh, privacy issue that we have. Um, and this, this is specific to DJI. Um, but uh, this particular hacker tool uh, can pinpoint a DJI drone operator's exact location. So um, there's a, a reason consumer drones have evolved from an expensive toy into a tool of war. They can perform high-altitude surveillance, carry out reconnaissance, or even deploy weapons with the operator safely hidden away as far as miles away. But hackers are revealing that for quadcopters sold by the world's biggest drone manufacturers, operators aren't nearly as hidden as they might think. Uh, in fact, these small flying machines are continually broadcasting their pilots' exact locations from the sky, and anyone with some cheap radio hardware and a newly released software tool can eavesdrop on those broadcasts and decode them to extract their coordinates.
4: Um, yeah, like, I think TLDR on this one is basically, like, they made a third-party Aeroscope, right? Like, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, Aeroscope is a DJI tool that um, you can use to locate DJI drones, because they all submit DJI drone ID over the air. Um, an aeroscope has been used in a lot of variety of uh, ways, basically uh, to to track them. DJI has sold an aeroscope device, which they just recently stopped selling, mm-hmm. um, which is the aeroscope. Um, but you know, now basically along with this, there's been open drone ID stuff for a while. Um, but yeah, now um, it's just getting more public that there's a third-party application to track these, uh, just like you would a typical aeroscope device with a SDR radio and stuff. So.
2: Yeah, and,
0: and, and DJI and has. If you purchased
3: uh, a, a normal uh, any any DJI drone above 250 grams, it has remote ID in it, so you can pick up a, an Android phone and uh, get this information because that drone is going to be transmitting remote ID.
2: Yeah, when you read this article, yeah. that's what pops into your mind. It's like, well, wait until they find out about remote ID. Like, that's <laughs> it's Won't not something you have to reverse then? engineer or hack. It's just intentionally there.
1: Well, the exactly. thing with this with the with this is it could also be exploited to actually force land a drone versus remote id you can't do that
3: agreed right and good uh, good point alex
1: and the 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 other
0: flip side is is dji has long claimed that that this information is encrypted and through the use of this tool they're finding out that's not exactly the
4: case. i mean we've not, so, i'll just say we've known that for a while now but yeah. yeah i mean dji admitted that publicly when they lied about it twice and then got called out yeah. on in a news article <laughs> like 6 or 8 months ago <laughs> yeah So just throwing
0: that out there. Um, But here's the deal is, you know, obviously we're not using our tools for for any kind of, you know, warfare or anything like that. However, you know, it puts the operator safety in jeopardy. Right. So if you're out flying and somebody wants what you're flying, you know, that that remote ID uh, gives them an opportunity to discover your location. So Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good
3: good point, Josh, that we, we spoke out strongly against this. Mm-hmm. Every time we get a chance to talk to the FAA, this topic comes up, uh, that the location of the operator is a real issue for us. And yeah. uh, Vic Moss over in uh, uh, Drone Service Provider Alliance has gone to uh, the top of the uh, FAA UAS uh, integration office and uh, asked for action to be taken to look into this because the feeling is that this is a problem not just for recreational, but for part 107 operators or pilots as
0: well Yeah.
3: with uh, listed assaults across the country. This is not theoretical. This is an issue.
0: Yes. So just wanted to highlight that uh, and bring up that privacy issue. is Go it ahead.
4: actually accurate that this can control drones? I wasn't aware that there's anything about yeah. the aeroscope that can control anything. Are you sure? Because like Alex. I did a lot of research for this for the show <laughs> and I couldn't find anything about control, like auto landing or anything, because that's all within the, con- the operator, not the aeroscope.
2: Maybe Alex right? is breaking some NDA of something he knows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's
4: a huge difference versus them being yeah. able to do something to your drone versus just see the info. And my understanding is it's only see the info. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's. I mean, as far as
4: I know, that's not over DJI drone ID. You cannot do that. That's my understanding.
1: It might not be the drone ID, but there are ways to do it.
2: Does Does anybody know for sure? Would this drone ID be able to see anything with, say, a Vista in it or an O3 Air unit or the DJI Potato? It It's just like completely invisible. It's not sending Uh, out anything.
4: The Potato might, or and the Avata might. I don't know. But, Obviously, but, you wouldn't have a ground station GPS units, or anything, but... Yeah, our area do not.
0: Well, I mean, your ground station GPS would be your phone, right? If you've got that hooked
1: up, but...
2: Like, in a Novata's case, that would be. Mm-hmm. With the updated yeah. to the latest firmware where it's got the remote ID built in, I assume that would also be in the DJI broadcast. All right. All
0: right, so... um this is this is if you're new here, um, I, I apologize. This is me nerding out. Um, so most most of these guys know, or if you've been here for a while, I like space drones. Uh, so Perseverance uh, has has long been uh, a, a topic for me, but they are now designing a uh, new drone uh, to uh, go to Saturn. Uh, Saturn, sorry, not Saturn, Titan, one of Saturn's moons. Um, so they are testing this 600 miles north of the Arctic Circle in a small island called Devon. Um, Cotton is cold, dry, windy Arctic desert that is nearly always light in the summer and always dark in the winter. It's one of the northernmost craters on Earth. Um, and they are designing a new mission. Uh, it's to go to Saturn's moon Titan, and they're calling it the Dragonfly mission. Um, and it's supposed to launch in 2026. Um, so missions like these are an inspiration for what they're calling Grape, which is a gamma rotocraft for analog planetary environments um, and they're using this to search for the chemistry of life um, so I'm not gonna play the video because you know we all know how video works over over my interwebs while doing a broadcast, but uh, this is a new drone, a new space drone for me to geek out of for the next several years so um And in case you don't know, Perseverance was a drone that they sent to Mars. It was, I think, meant to fly, like, five missions and ended up flying, like, you know, 50, 60 missions. Ingenuity
4: was the helicopter. and Yeah, yeah, uh, Ingenuity. Is it still flying? Yeah, it was... Yes, it's it's like five missions and it's still active now. Yeah, which is pretty insane that we went from like, oh, my God, there's going to be a drone on Mars. to, yep, there's a drone on Mars. It's still flying, flies all the time, takes pictures, guides the rover (laughs) around, all kinds of stuff.
0: (laughs) It's the coolest thing ever. (laughs) It's wild. So and uh, from the the picture here and I didn't play the video, but it looks like it's a this one, as it looks like, is a, a proper quadcopter, whereas Ingenuity was a, uh, dual, dual propeller rotorcraft. Um, so, uh, definitely something cool. Um, so we'll, we'll keep a tabs on this and hopefully we'll get some, some more information on this. Um, so this is something that Dave sent me, uh, and I thought this was probably one of the coolest things ever. Uh, (laughs) Um, this has got thrust vectoring on a quadcopter. And it utilizes thrust vectoring to keep this instrument that's on the front, uh, which is a ultrasonic tester uh, for testing uh, the integrity and wall thickness of pipes, scaffolding, um, uh, stuff like that. And uh, it keeps it steady for those precision measurements. Um, so it's got uh, thrust vectoring technology to achieve the most stable and precise flight of any drone yet, uh, designed for industrial work. Um, and that little probe on the front, you can see here, it's measuring the wall thickness of these pipes uh, to to gauge for structure stability and, and whatnot. So um, able so to na- get to name of this rem-
3: name of this company is
0: Sky Gauge Robotics.
3: Yeah. So I was I was blown away. They, I mean, this is really clever, and uh, this to me looks like a startup that uh, some clever clever guy. And they're they're all over on the website. They're all over uh, the topic of, look, we can save you money, and you know we're not putting people yeah. at risk. And uh, you know this does inspections so much more quickly. And uh, both uh, they they're doing uh, videos in uh, process plants, and uh, so it's this is great. This is just the sort of thing we need in terms of drone for good
4: i i'm interested to see how this stuff works out to me it seems crazy to put eight gimbals servos <laughs> like all this stuff to leveling instead of one gimbal for the tool but i'm yeah. very interested to see yeah was, uh, if that works. Was, out. this seems this I seems like, expensive what? and easily breakable <laughs> that's,
0: well that's i'm i i i think and and i you know i don't know much about ultrasonic testing but if if putting a gimbal on the tool was was a, a thought process because the movement of the tool can create maybe an inaccuracy in the measurement i'm not I mean the sure
4: drone's going to be moving then too like something's going to be you know what yeah. i mean it, I you've mean, got but then wrong. you've got eight <laughs> points that's got to be moving instead of one and like yeah, yeah I don't drone, know it'll be interesting
2: the drone itself looks yeah. like a platform for all kinds of uses and maybe it's some of the other mm-hmm. uses that are more important yeah, yeah. Oh, i just oh, can go. see go. the check zeros check on
4: the invoice see the yeah <laughs> <zero method. laughs> So you can
3: yeah, look, I mean this yeah, lots of zeros, look at but this, you know it's this, rotating this is a commercial. Around this cylinder. I love this.
2: I mean, this yeah, but why? if the other option yeah. is like dangling a person out of a helicopter. That's got a lot of zeros too. You can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, many
3: zeros and very dangerous and lots of time. So you know yeah. th- this is the notion of you know shutting down a process plant is like.
0: Interesting. So I just thought it was super cool. Uh, So thanks for that. All right. And then last but not least, a little bit of Air Force news. Um, So Air Force wants more planes faster plus a thousand drone drone wingmen. And so uh, the TLDR on this one is is that they're looking to bring on about 300 F-35s, obviously a manned combat aircraft, and for every F thirty five they will get a uh they're looking for two uh unmanned uh drones to fly wingman for it, essentially. Um and in so,
3: deference to the International Women's Day today, we might say
0: crude aircraft. Oh yes. Crude uncrude and crude, sorry. Um so Kindle outlined uh the services plans for collaborative combat aircraft, drones that will fly alongside uh, crewed fighters. I'm going to change the word here. Um, the service is, is planning to buy uh 10,000 CCAs, 300 F 35s we will get two drones apiece, as will 200 of the planned next gen air dominance uh aircraft. Um,
3: so, so... Ju- just to continue beating the drum, one of the key elements that we're pushing on, on the please send a memo to your congressional representative and senators is the source of engineers and pilots and A&P people, airframe and power plant uh, technicians, are folks who are flying FPV and flying drones and flying RC model aircraft. And so this is an article that's all about need to hire. We need more people. We need pilots. We need drone pilots. We need uh, crewed aircraft pilots. So this is, uh, we know, if you talk to anyone in the aviation industry, oh, well, what what hobbies did you have as a kid? Did you fly model airplanes? Well, yeah. So yet another little commercial there. Please uh, send in, send in those memos.
0: So I'm a giant uh, movie nerd, and one of the key points in, in the newest Top Gun uh, was the uh, fifth-generation fighters, right? Was one of the the topics they pushed in there, and now we're moving uh, into the sixth generation, uh, uh, and they're calling it the next gen, uh, next generation air dominance, and those are being developed in secret. So currently, I believe the F-35s are part of the fifth gen um, aircraft, and they they fly those out uh, at Luke Air Force Base, which isn't too far from here. Uh, so. Uh, it's, it's, I'm always interested to see, uh, the future, future designs of aircraft, but, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you've got, uh, a pilot in one and you've got two that are flying wingman and whether those are, I know they've been doing a lot of testing with, uh, potentially autonomous as well as non-autonomous, uh, you know. Uh, I forget what they're calling them uh friendly wingmen or something like that um, uh aircraft. So uh this will be interesting to see how this flushes out. But again, you know, more to Dave's point, you know, the you know, the air force, the the civilian um uh side of of aviation, none of that is going away anytime soon. And if we continue to, uh, stymie innovation by overregulating uh, the entry to that, which is model aircraft. Uh, it's going to affect the future workforce. So um, you know, that's that's a big push that that we're trying to hammer on. So yeah. So that's all I've got for news articles today, and I I feel like I've I've talked up for a long time. Uh, I just Dave, wanted you got to uh,
3: put in, I just wanted to put in a thanks. Uh, one of the uh, and it was uh, one of the posts that we had uh, from last week. Uh, commented on uh, write up uh, on our memo and said, "Well, you know, you could have written that a little better." So um, I asked if uh, the individual wanted to to help on a rewrite, and he did. And he sent me a great uh, one pager. And uh, in the I have we've been chatting, and uh, I have stolen shamelessly from his work. So to me, it, it, this just drives home the the benefit of working across large teams, working uh, collaboratively. And so thank you. Thanks for the comments. And uh, we really appreciate the contributions, uh, both the monetary support of FPVFC as well as folks saying, hey, I can help with that. And so really appreciate it.
0: So, uh, let's see. Brian says any collaboration with general aviation groups happening for instance, I would love to see a booth at Sun and Fun or Air Venture. Honestly, I don't think we've discussed that. So That's a great I mean, that's you know. Thought. That's a
3: great that's a great question and one of the uh, we were contemplating participation at and this is not uh crude aircraft but um exponentials coming up in May in uh, Denver. And so we uh, offered a presentation, uh, and we were declined. And so uh, we could uh, go as a spectator. And uh, certainly, there's always value in uh, meeting people uh, in the halls and uh, and chatting and networking. and I, I get that. Um, short of that, there is uh, the attendance at uh, any of these uh, shows is astronomical. Uh, I think it's six hundred dollars for uh, exponential uh, for two days. Then um, that's just the ticket in. That's not uh, travel. That's that's not that. Just the the ticket through the door. Um, and um, coming from global tech, uh, we had uh, uh, we participated in every large uh, technology uh, fair and uh, event around the world, and they had uh, limited value in uh, in getting the word out. In networking and in sales, and so it's a great question. Uh, but if and so if there's one that's uh, that, that folks think, yeah, this is this would be useful. There's a good match. Uh, you know, would like to hear about it. Like to think about it. Uh, yeah. We have uh, established good connections with airframe manufacturers uh, as well as the uh, crude aircraft associations that you've heard me mention. Uh, Airline Pilots Association, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, um, uh, AIA, uh, I think it's Aerospace uh, International Association, Helicopter uh, Association International. So we have uh, contacts and friends at uh, the, uh, and and then name uh, any of the airframe manufacturers, and we've got contacts there. So there are people who know us, who will support us, who will help us out. for example, one of the airframe manufacturers uh, looked over the work that we've just submitted to the FCC Notice for Public Rulemaking. And that You can't buy that type of uh, you know, great uh, consulting, uh, so we appreciate it, and uh, they know we're a not-for-profit, and uh, we're helping helping recreational, so they're willing to take the time. So great question, really open to uh, events that uh, uh, can help uh, get the word out and help the you know particularly if it's an organization that is interested in STEM, that wants to reach out to their community, that's an organization I have great interest in because then they're uh, newcomers that uh, that you know then then there's a joint uh, interest in the same uh, community, and great there might it. be something of real interest there.
0: Yeah, definitely let us know if you've got uh, something like that and, and we'll we'll consider it. You know, no idea is a bad idea, right? So uh, Dave, you got anything from an AAAC front or anything else no, going on? It's
3: not not scheduled. We're wrapping up uh, the AAAC Tasking Group 14, which is the uh, What Can Industry Do to Help Accelerate the Beyond Visual Line of Sight ARC Regulations. And we are uh, also finishing up the writing on uh, tasking group fifteen, which is uh, help uh, community outreach create a handbook, create a set of uh, guidelines and framework, and recommend the uh, the FAA uh, adopt what we've written and also keep the uh, the idea uh, alive. And so that's those are. But there is no date on a uh, the next a triple uh, advanced. Aviation Advisory Committee meeting. It wasn't was that expected to, supposed be, to be March, okay. around March? Probably like next third, week. Third week. Right, it was supposed third, to be third, third week in March. Usually it's Thursday. They pushed it out. They maintain that um, uh, the, the difference is uh, um, they have uh, a new uh, uh, J- Jay Merkel, uh, Jay Merkel's replacement, the executive director of the UAS integration office is um, Jeffrey Vincent. And so that was the reason why they pushed out the entire uh,
0: meeting. I would
1: get okay, the
0: speed, maybe. Who knows? Um, the
3: Arizona Science Center.
0: So, PB, um, I live in Phoenix. So, if uh, there's an opportunity there, uh, let me know. Um, I'm happy to do something or reach out and and see what we can put on there. Um, and uh, you know, at minimum. You know, I can I can easily reach out. The Science Center has an interest in them. They might be interested in helping young pilots have access to such science tech and engineering. I can reach out. Um I'll see what I can I can figure out. Thank you for the suggestion.
1: Happy to do that. Uh let's see. Okay. okay. Um sounding sound. fun. And
0: then uh Blunty, you got anything for us this evening? Uh no. Okay. Alex, anything going on?
1: The Global Collar Track Design Contest is still going on. I believe you have until the 13th to vote on the track. And Velocidrone also got a brand new update today. So that's going to be interesting. I've opened it up, played around with it a little bit today. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> Well, supposedly new tracks. To uh, the the user interface, the graphics. Uh, we're not put, we're not putting different. you on
3: any. We're not putting you on any PR yeah. for us. But
1: yeah, no, not at all.
2: <laughs> it's
1: different. It takes getting used to, but there's new features in there, so okay, that should cool. offset that.
4: I mean, the major complaint about Velocidrone was the horrible UI. Everything loaded slow. The tracks took forever to load. You can't find anything on it. It was loading faster. It did like, load all faster. All those things are fixed. So, yeah, it's like a huge improvement. I, I would say, like, I was blown away by how much better it is. So.
1: It is faster, <laughs> but the these, so user, these, the graphics, I, I like the older graphics, but I like the look on the older version better.
4: I, think uh, you're just used, I would say you're just used to it. Because everybody else is like, this is horrible. Please change this. Dear God, I'm never using Velocidrone because it's so bad. I get complaints constantly when I tell people <laughs> to use Velocidrone about how bad it is, how hard it is to use. It's archaic. The levels don't load. You can't search for stuff. You have to close it and open it. People were so like tilted about the old ones. So,
3: so these, po- might... these poor developers have been busting their chops, and it's now fast. And they probably reworked the, all the underneath, and your reaction is, eh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Me? Nope. <laughs> well, we that's my reaction different. to most things. Oh, well, it is.
3: I'm with I'm with Blunty. Worth you know if you use Velocidrone, take a look because when when things speed up, uh, it's uh, the whole the whole experience is much better. Much and
0: better. As, yeah. uh, <laughs> I've honestly I've never used Velocidrone. I've always if I fly a simulator, it's always been liftoff, but.
4: 80% of the files were replaced. It was a 15-gig yep. update, and the program's only wow. 19 or 20 gigs, so, like, yeah. if, if you're still having that's, issues, that's remember that, like, that's a lot role. to change for a company, and they only have 100 that's beta a, testers, so... Yeah.
3: That's a, a big yeah. rework. Yeah,
4: yeah, I can relate to that.
3: And I imagine they'll push <laughs> been updates
0: there. out for... for any yeah, they're, they're, they're they They've they been updating all day
4: for, like, doing stuff, so... Yeah. Small bug patches.
0: EWF, all
1: right. But uh, the... GQ contest is still going, so vote for your favorite GQ track, or don't complain about the selected one.
0: Oh, jeez. Alex is getting salty today. right,
4: I like the the idea, I don't know if anybody saw but Lyman put out a video about the tracks, and I think there's a good idea in there, which is next year they should anonymize the tracks, anonymize all the names. Yeah. Part of the reason why
1: why that wasn't done earlier is because it wasn't thought of earlier, and then it was only thought of after one of the tracks was released a little early yeah gotcha that that that's the only reason why it, would it definitely wasn't, it wasn't initially sure. but yeah the, it's going i'm fairly certain it will be anonymized next
4: time the other Oops. the other thing i was i would consider is like it seems like there maybe should be a barrier to let people vote like, I've never flown a GQ in real life. So, should I really get to vote? Because I don't have to design the track or put anything up or fly through it or crash a quad and break anything. Or I don't have to set up the track. I don't have to know where the gracing things are. I just pick the one I like the most. And then, like, that's not but necessarily like the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, there's part of that is just there's
1: a multi GP account. But then again, there's also only 700 people who run the, who ran GQ. Yeah. And, do we want more vote? Well, people who don't normally fly GQ, if they vote for the track and they get a track they like, will we get more people showing up? It's one of those things that we have to balance. And so far we just have a limited to, as long as you're registered on multi-GP, you can vote.
4: Yeah.
0: It's a thought process. I mean, one of the one of the key things could be you know have you have you logged uh did you did you log uh you know a score last season or or something like that you know that would be uh
4: like, you know. or maybe maybe this more year weird or something yeah i don't know
1: well this year we'll also have um at io the i believe everyone will be flying the gq track first to rank pilots It'll I believe. And so everyone who goes to IO will be flat, will have flow on GQ track. Um, and so then cool. I don't, I'm not sure there's, yeah, you know, like you could skip it, but then you probably won't be able to participate in everything.
0: Yeah. So, all right, Dan, you got anything for us?
2: I have a question for all of you. Um, I think we've had at least a couple people tell us that when they, submitted their uh, congressional outreach letter, they received something back from them. Uh, either it was asking for an in-person meeting or more information or something along those lines.
1: contact goes here. What, yeah.
2: what kind of information, <laughs> what kind of advice do we have for anybody who is in a situation like that where some of the congressional staffers or somebody is reaching back to them saying, do you have any more information? Do you want to meet with us? What else can they do?
3: Oh, yeah. To me, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing it up, Dan. Mm-hmm. At first, there, you know, there. You, you all are welcome to contact any of us if you want us with you on a conversation with your elected official. Great. If not, we'll help you ghost a response and a set of questions. It's our experience working with some of the staff that are not on the aviation subcommittee that these are super bright people who just don't know anything about drones. So they're like, well, you know, okay, well, what's the issue? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. And, and and please, if you are working with a congressional staffer that is part of the aviation subcommittee, chances are these are young attorneys, and they are extremely smart, and they have been researching the heck out of this, so they probably know more about the regulations than we do. So, you know, you know no need to talk about, you know, Congress. Uh, men and women and senators. The staffers are super smart people, and they're they're hustling, and they're worth our time.
0: Yep. So reach out if you need help. Um, that that's a key point. You know, you know, any one of us would be happy to sit down with you, uh, give you the key points. If you if you need, you know, if you want to uh, zoom us in for that meeting, or if it's local to one of us, you know, reach out. You know, we'll we'll definitely. Uh, have that that help available um and uh you know i mean yeah it's yeah, easy good, to go yeah, in I, with backup I, right
3: yeah good good point and yeah i've i've done one of these already where a, a congressional staffer had a question uh for the person who uh wrote in our uh, sent in our memo i i provided a couple of suggested answers and i i think that's uh going fine and that that's a good process whatever whatever help we can provide you know we think we're pretty knowledgeable, and that we can uh, answer those questions.
2: Yep. All right. Anything else for us, Dan? Nope. I think that's that's good for me this week. Mm-hmm.
0: Rob, anything from you, sir? Let me un.
1: There we go. Uh, let I me unmute I mean myself. myself. I'm joining in from a hotel room this week. I'm at the
0: Texas DPS Public Safety. It's a robotics uh, summit. Uh, lots of really cool new technology on display. There was only one thing I saw that was even related to FPV, though, and it was actually interesting. Uh, uh, contractors actually designed some FPV goggles that can toggle between night vision, FPV heads up, and visible wow. display. So it's it's more of like a defense side thing, but it's actually pretty cool technology. It's something that
1: wouldn't have application in our realm, but it's really cool to see that FPV is also being integrated, you know, to keep people safe.
3: Mm-hmm. Love that. Boy, that's that sounds like a pretty nifty toy. Whoa. Talk about dollar signs. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking uh, of no, no, technology next, you need to
0: hold your chin up. Next week, Dave's got some night vision FPV goggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, that yeah, would be would fun. Be. That's super cool. Wow. That's all I got.
4: Just just uh, just uh some cool information. Well, good. Oh, yeah. glad yeah. you're
0: there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, if we need to make a Fria for our local MG multi GP uh, chapter, is there a way to do it through the FPVFC, or do we need to do it through the FTCA? Our chapter is ready to start requesting FRIAs. You
1: could message me one, I I one T, just uh, send me a message. I'll help you out. There you go. And, and okay.
0: to answer the
3: question for everyone else. Any one of the, um, um.
2: Well, where are we at as far as the FPVA Freedom Coalition being ready to accept applications for free is? Yeah,
3: what we're doing right now is asking folks to gather the appropriate information because we're still not sure that the FAA has started processing any applications. We still feel that the the process is broken and we are asking for uh, access to the API that we know exists. So there are a number of issues. Um, and so the the FTCA folks are uh, uh, keying in uh, applications. Uh, we've not started that yet, uh, but we're uh, well. A couple of us have on instances, <laughs> so we can we can uh, put one in. And we have uh, we we've submitted that everyone you see on this grid uh, has provided their IDs as the. Uh, official uh, email IDs of FPV Freedom Coalition, so they will be accepted by uh, the FAA. So we can, Alex, if you want to submit an application, certainly you can do that.
2: And Alex, does the multi-GP, have they sent out any information to the chapters yet about FRIA's? Not yet, no. Okay. All right. So there's no official multi-GP way to do that yet, but they're working on that between multi-GP, AMA, and whatever. Now, AMA
3: has started, and they're sending out, so they've submitted this a similar thing to what uh, FTCA is. So it's a a blank, or it's a form, you fill out the form, all of the appropriate information, except the default is uh, a center and a radius, so not many uh, circular uh, flying fields that I'm aware of, Um, but that's what the AMA is requesting.
0: Yeah, and here's the deal, guys, is is that we're not we're not, not submitting applications because we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that your application is actually going to be uh, effective. Right. And um, right. so, for, yeah, that's the difference. For
3: example, we know that there are hundreds of applications that were submitted from individuals, but not through a CBO. They need to be called. When we ask the FAA, what's the schedule and plan to call those that are not, you know, not applications that were not submitted through a CBO, no response. So we know those are in hundreds. And if you think, okay, the turnaround time is four months each. We don't know how many people are working on this. It's not clear anyone's working on it yet. This is not, this is not a process that's working in a big hurry. Yeah. So more, this is, this is why the number two issue right behind uh, the two, raised the, uh, registration uh, uh, mass of 250 grams is free of process
0: and mm-hmm.
3: that that's this is very disturbing
0: yeah so just fyi we just wanted to 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 be effective uh, yep. for everybody so that's good that's good question Yeah,
3: yeah. One, and that was one t who brought that yeah. thank you yeah. Gr- didn't mean to not talk about free as it's top of mind it's one of the things we're writing uh the detail in the uh FAA Reauthorization Act. We're asking uh, Congress to step in and insist that there be a uh, an appropriate process, one of which is to get the size right. Uh, as we've mentioned on previous calls, the FAA estimates 4,000 FRIAs as a steady state and what their total objective is. So that's uh, one FRIA for every, uh, I think it's like 450 people who fly uh, UAS. So in other, in, other, in other words, uh, if you look at uh, the FAA, uh, estimates that are 1.78 million uh, UAS operators, you know, ran that off to 1.5 million, and uh, you get, uh, if, you, if you assume, well, let's see, how about 20 people for every FRIA? That's 75,000 Frias. So the FAA and their estimate of 4,000, we don't get it. We just don't get it. It's an order of magnitude plus times two off. So we're, we're asking an appropriate number as well as uh, an appropriate process to support a reasonable number of Friezes, yeah. And a reasonable the process means turnaround time as well on the applications. Not we have no timeline, but it might take four months, which is the exact answer we got on February first. Yeah. So. Not, that, not that, we're a little agitated. Not
0: at all. We're <laughs> fine. That's cool. Everything's fine.
1: I just. Checked my drone zone account. I have uh, the status is still submitted for all of submitted. my pre applications, and none of them are under review or being right. looked at or denied. Right. And no one's received right. any like, responses, point,
2: like extra questions about yep. them or anything.
1: Yeah, at this right. point, I'd like to at least see denied on one of them <laughs> so I know what was wrong with it and that they're actually starting the process. It, boy, yeah, like you're right. saying, there's no, no evidence at, at, they're that,
2: working on it yet.
1: Like right. the first one I submitted, I'm expecting to get denied. So we'll see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same here. It was my backyard, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting that to get denied, and we'll see when that happens, and we'll know that the FA is looking at them. Right. Yeah,
3: right. Sure. Good litmus. All
1: okay. right. So
0: with that,
3: any other uh, questions around the room?
1: Yeah.
3: That's that's good. Thanks for bringing that up, folks.
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully tonight was informative, uh, helpful. Uh, please help us, uh, spread the word, uh, raising the Hashtag raising the limit. Uh, super important. We appreciate everybody who's done so already. Um, and, and those who have made content relating to it, keep doing it. Let's keep driving this. Uh, let's keep this going. Um, it's a big deal. I think everybody uh, understands that, and uh, I think it can have a, a good impact on the hobby. So um, that's my two cents. And, yep. Yeah.
2: In two weeks from now, we should hopefully have Josh reviewing some other news articles all about us ra- trying to raise the limit, right? It should be on all of those, on Wired. It should be I'm on Drone so. and Sundry. It should be on all those places you're getting your drone news from. I'm hoping so.
0: all right guys y'all have a great night thanks for joining us we'll see you in a couple weeks thank you